Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. A short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey everyone, welcome back to another uh, interview here on on Simple Programmer YouTube and Simple Programmer Podcast now. Uh, Today I have the honor of speaking with uh, Sir John Hargrave, who has, uh, has written a book recently uh, called uh, called uh, mind uh, hacking, which which this is a topic that I I'm really interested in because as you know I, I wrote a book soft skills and and I talk a little bit about about some of these ha- these these things but this is one of those things I would consider to be a major soft skill so uh, so I'm really excited to talk to John uh, about this book uh, so um, welcome John and thanks for doing this interview thank you John thanks for having me. I'm- forward to this so so i have to start off by asking you uh you know how how do how do you get a sir how do you how do you get to be a <laughs> sir john hargrave because that's that's pretty cool i need to get a sir in, in front of my name how do you how do you do that yeah it's not difficult john so i wrote the queen of england a few years ago and i said to her your majesty i would like to be knighted because you know i just thought sir john sounded so much classier Yes, yeah, definitely. So she wrote me back and she said, well, you have to do something honorable. And I said, well, you know, that's a lot of work. So I found out you can go down to your local courthouse and for a small fee, you can pay to have your name legally changed. So I went down, paid the name change fee, went before a judge, and now here I am, Sir John Hargrave. So it's kind of a name hack, Ah. if you will. I like it. That's great. Yeah, there we go. You can do it the uh, you can do do it the easy way. <laughs> that's, that's what hacking is all about. You can do it the hard way, or you can do it the easy way. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I, it's it's funny. It's, some people are afraid to do, to do a name change. I, I always talk to. I I, I, was, I always think it's funny when when someone has just an unfortunate name. That's just yeah. Because I talk a lot about marking yourself and branding yourself, and I'm like. You know, if I had a name that was like, if my name was John Smith, yeah, you can't you can't market yourself as John Smith. Like, just too, no. I would just no. You you might as well be called Vanilla Ice Cream. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I would just change now, my name. The, Do it. <laughs> the flip side of that, John, is when you have a really embarrassing name. Like, I know this woman, and her last name is uh, Pooey. Yeah. P o o e y, and she got the name through marriage. So her former name was something like Robinson and that she took her husband's name of Pooey. And I thought she, how much love does she have for this guy (laughs) to change her name? Yeah. Pretty incredible. That is true. Yeah. It makes you wonder just why doesn't the whole family just change their name? Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. At some point, you know, you're, you're, Heritage and ancestry needs to take a back seat to just a better name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, so let so so let me give you a chance to uh, formally introduce yourself. Uh, what uh, tell tell us tell everyone a little bit about uh, kind of who you are, what your background is, and then we'll, we'll get a little bit into your book. And yeah, so I'm Sir John Hargrave, as we've established. I'm the CEO of uh, internet marketing company Media Shower, uh, and I am a geek. I am a fellow programmer and geek at heart. I started out my career as a developer, and this book, Mind Hacking, came out of the realization I had that our minds are very much like computers. And right. like computers, we can learn to debug them, to identify the problem thinking that we have going on in our heads and then to reprogram it with amazing new positive thoughts that take our lives in an exciting new direction. So your brain can be reprogrammed. That's the message of mind hacking and the message I'm really excited to share with your, with your audience. Okay, okay, awesome, awesome. I totally agree with that. I got, before we get into the mind hacking though, I do have to, to mention, because this is a rare, you're kind of a rare breed uh, you're in good company, by the way. Uh, you know the the combination of being a programmer and an internet marketer. Um, so uh, a lot of I I, we, I constantly fight the battle of of a lot of programmers don't like internet marketing, but uh, I love it. You know I, that's that's what I'm all about. But uh, so that's that's so that's that's a real that, interesting background. Yeah, that is a good insight that those two don't often mix. And what is it about the marketing piece that that you like, John? Uh, you know, I think there's so much opportunity, and and also just uh, you know, I, I love writing good copy. I, I love the ability to be able to spread a message and to be able to reach so many people and to understand how the process works, how people think. You know, there's a lot of psychology behind it, and uh, and I don't know, something feels good about you know figuring it out and and getting getting a product. You know, the hardest thing about getting a product out there is, is doing the marketing, is selling that product. Uh, something feels good about connecting someone with with something that they need, and and uh, and, and being able to be the, uh, the 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 value, you know, in in that system. So, yeah, yeah, I think we've all been exposed to bad marketers, and probably that's where most programmers kind of uh, you know weariness comes from. But you're right that when you approach marketing from a developer, from a programming standpoint, it is like an interesting problem to be solved. It's like a a puzzle or figuring out an algorithm, as you said, to get the right products in the hands of the right people who can uh, who can benefit the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a it's a it's a yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, different people approach it differently, but I mean, my philosophy has always been like I give away ninety percent of what I do for free and charge for ten percent. And that's yeah. that's how I market is because you know giving value to others. Uh, you know I think there's a good way to market, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that philosophy. And actually, the mind hacking book we are making available for free online before it's available in bookstores. So we have that same philosophy, that same approach of like let's open source this. Let's you know make it as yeah. widely distributed as possible, and then we're trusting that you know the book looks great and people are also going to come in and, and purchase it as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a good bet to to make which which a lot of people don't understand. Uh, so are you are you traditionally publishing this book? Are you self-publishing the book? 
Uh, and the reason why I ask is because uh, most publishers don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't. So, but we are, uh, it's being published by Simon & Schuster's Gallery Books, and it'll be in all bookstores in January 2016, uh, or was out in January 2016, depending on when you're listening to this. We, um, the Simon & Schuster, I got to give it to them. They've really taken a big risk. You know, making a book available for free online is not exactly a, a groundbreaking idea, but it is in the traditional publishing world. And if yeah. you look at it from their point of view, like who's gonna buy the book if you can get it for free? But just as open source software can flourish and thrive even though it's available for free, there's still a business model there. You know, you can, <laughs> Google can give away all their products and services and still build an amazing company through charging for other things. And you yourself, John, just said, you know, you, you give away almost everything for free, but then you're still able to make a great living through that and travel yeah. Europe and do all the exciting things you're doing. So that's the bet here. Exactly, yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, and let's be realistic, right? Technically, anyone can really get a book for free, right? I mean, if you're tech savvy, <laughs> you can find books on the internet, but people still pay for them if they're, so, so like, like, you know, the barrier to entry, people buy stuff because they, they feel that they're getting value and most people yeah. are honest and, and want to give value to the, the creator of the thing. So that's right. Yeah. They want to pay it back if they've gotten something useful out of that. And yeah. you know, that's the, that's the, that's my belief here is that people read it, they'll say, this is a really great book. They'll go buy a copy for their friends or their family or what have you. So uh, I think it was Cory Doctorow, um, you know, great science fiction writer who said, uh, you know, it's more important to me that there's more people in under the tent than making sure that everybody paid admission yeah. to get in under the tent. And he's given away a lot of his stuff for free. He's made a lot of his stuff available through Creative Commons licenses at the same time that he has uh, traditionally published it and been quite successful. Yeah, 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 we, yeah, we've had some pretty good, I think the, who comes to mind in the programming world would be Bruce Eckel, his, um, his Thinking in Java book, which, which he made available for free and, and he did really well with it, he still does well with it, so. Yeah, yeah, so I have a, uh, a whole section in Mind Hacking actually about free computer books uh, this fellow, Alan Downey, who really kind of pioneered the whole free computer book genre. And he did it because he was teaching computer science classes and he was so frustrated with everything out there yeah. that he just said, I'm going to take my summer break. I'm going to write a 12 chapter book in 12 weeks. And he did it. He wrote one, <laughs> one chapter. I, was I think it was 12 chapters in 12 days. And I think he oh, wrote wow. it in 12 days. And then he brought it into his class and then he was able to quickly iterate. It was, it was very much like an agile programming kind of idea of writing a book. And yeah. he was able to watch the students and see how they tested after each week of going through these chapters that he kind of binge written. And he was able to then test and iterate and improve it each year. And he's written dozens of these free books and uh, now O'Reilly is working with him to create additional books, and he's been quite successful with that. So uh, I think that model really works, but especially in the programming world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's get into a little bit on the, on the mind hacking side. So, so, so mind hacking, so I think uh, there was this whole debate, right, between, uh, about the plasticity of your, of your brain, right? So, yeah. so I, would, I would assume that you're on the definitely on the side of saying that there you have a lot more plasticity or, or am I 
am I am I pronouncing that right? Am I saying the wrong thing? Like <laughs> in terms of mind hacking, is that what you're talking about here, or are you talking about? I mean, obviously, probably more than that, but is that kind of the core the core concept? Yeah. So you are saying it right, and it is a central concept that your brain can be reprogrammed. That's okay. the central thesis of the book, and the book. I really uh, wanted it to be like a user manual for the mind. Okay. So in other words, how do we reprogram our minds? How do we learn new stuff and overcome these, these negative habits of thought and, and debug them and reprogram them? And I really wanted something that was uh, not theoretical, but very practical, very hands-on, very how-to, like a programming manual for your brain. Right. Because everything in your life starts with your mind, right? Like all of our actions originate with thoughts and those thoughts come up spontaneously in our minds. So when we can learn to become aware of them and reprogram them, then we can reprogram essentially our entire string of actions and ultimately our lives. Okay. So, uh, so, so there's also a lot of research into this. So it was very important with all the hacks, the techniques and the tips in the book, to make sure that each one was grounded in scientific research that they really have been proven to be effective in helping people change their thinking, modify their behavior, develop new habits, and improve their lives. Okay, okay, so let's let's unpack a few of these then, I guess, uh, because I think there's a few, like a couple of things that stuck out to me that, that what you said here. So, so the idea of reprogramming the brain, uh, I think, you know, there's the, I guess I would, I would logically divide it into like the knowledge or, you know, stuff, you know, or learning yeah. stuff like, and then the sort of self image, like, you know, attitude, mental thing that, that, that affects everything that you do. Uh, right. how, how do you divide or how are those things differently or differently pre-programmed or, or what, or, you know, or what area do you focus on in the, in the book? Well, there's a really a three-step process or kind of a thinking of it in three categories. So the first one is to become aware of your mind. Okay. And, you know, if I tell you right now, John, think about your mind, you'll clearly see that there's something called you and there's something called your mind and you are thinking about your mind. Right. So that shows you in a very simple level that you're not your mind, you're separate. And you can view it in the same way that we would view like a programming environment. Um, but becoming aware of it on an ongoing basis, on a daily basis, on a regular basis, that is the challenge. That's surprisingly difficult because throughout the day, we're actually kind of merged with our mind or yeah. kind of identified with it, stuck in it. We're like watching the movie. So learning to become aware is the first step. And then second is learning to debug the thoughts. So as we see those problem thoughts come up, the ones that are holding us back to see, okay, let's let's find those negative thought loops, that negative code that's right. running our thinking and let's identify it and become aware of what is happening. Then the third step is reprogramming it. So in other words, developing new habits of thought and making them stick. The whole last part of the book is all about hacks or techniques to help those positive habits of thought stick in our lives. I see. Okay. So, so, so I would say then that you're very squarely focused on on the on the the meta of the mind itself not the how can you learn things quickly but more of how can you control the entire process is that 
Am I being more, yeah. is that more accurate now? What? Yeah, that is accurate because the meta thinking, we also call it thinking about your thinking or metacognition is the yeah. technical term. Thinking about our thinking is the critical skill that we have to learn first. Right. I think a lot of technical folks or programmers think about, well, how do I learn faster? But they're not looking at the bigger picture of, well, how do I think in the yeah. first place? And so they can only have limited impact. We talk a lot about super user mode. So getting into super user mode in your mind is like getting admin access. It's like rooting into your mind, right? So it's like, how do we break out of this normal everyday user mode? And how do we kind of like hit control M and get into this like mastermind mode or the super user mode where we can then start to really work on, on that code that's uh, underlying our thinking? Okay, okay, okay. This is this is really interesting. This overlaps a few things that I'm interested in. I, it, it brings up an example, like when you're talking through that, I, I was thinking about, um, I used to get really upset in traffic, right? I used to get just angry. <laughs> and and then um, at one point, I, I started realizing that I was doing that. And I thought, there's getting angry in this situation doesn't help me at all. So yeah. I, I have this trigger now. It, it, it happens automatically now. I'll sit in traffic and something will happen. Someone will cut me off or there's a light or something. And then I'll get mad for a brief instant. And then my mind sort of short circuits and says, oh, wait a minute. Getting yes. mad at an inanimate object or a situation you can't control does you no good. And then all of a sudden it's gone. Like I've been able to, is that, is that a mind hack? Is that the kind of thing that you're... That is perfect. You've described it so well. All right. It, I, I've done so many of these interviews. You just described it better than anyone has to date. So it's becoming aware of that moment where your mind's going down this one track and then saying, developing this sort of like, it's almost like, you know, you take a sled down a hill right. and then like you don't want to go down that sled track anymore. So you start cutting a new track. So it's like you gotta redirect, but you're becoming aware of, I'm getting angry about traffic, and then you're able to quickly just redirect it. And doing that again and again and again, you eventually wear this new groove into your mind. Yep. And then it just happens automatically, and suddenly your new thought is like, okay, you know, I don't have to get upset about this. And there's even a next step you can take, John, which is to say, you know, I'm grateful for this traffic, or this exactly. traffic is actually a good thing in some way. Like it's going to allow me to think through a problem, or something, it's going to test me somehow. It's like strength training. So then turning it into a positive is like the final step in that, yep. where now you turn your negative completely into a positive. And that's, that's what it's all about. Okay, okay. This, this very much aligns with my philosophy in life. I, I'm a very big fan of, uh, of the Stoics of Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and mm. Stoic philosophy, which, which talks a lot about the idea of you know, taking these things and turning them around and, and figuring out you know, and, and uh, how you can turn some, everything into a positive, uh, not, not letting fate. I quoted, I, I quoted Marcus Aurelius in an early draft of the book. I don't know if it made it through to the final version, but yeah, very, very similar. Okay. Okay. And it also reminds me a little bit of, um, I, uh, are you familiar with the book uh, Psycho-Cybernetics? I, I am familiar. I haven't read it, but yeah, I, I definitely know about it. Okay. Okay. You'd probably find that interesting because because he talks a little bit. There's um there's a concept in there, uh, which I mean it's it's pretty mainstream, but it's called theater of the mind, and 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 it's this idea that I mean a lot of athletes do it now. They they play in their head what they are going to do, but they see it, they rehearse it over and over, 
and then it, it it's kind of like you're saying like cuts that new groove in the the, the new track so that they they automatically perform on that that new yeah. track because they've rehearsed it so many times but that's I, I'm really fascinated by that this concept so so you've broken this down then to make this a process that someone could follow uh, and be aware of this I think you said it was a five step process. Yeah, well, three steps. So becoming aware and then uh, uh, finding the negative, debugging the negative thought loops and then reprogramming the positive. I just want to comment on that theater of the mind. There's a whole chapter on what we call simulation. And it's okay. very much what, what you're discussing, which is um, seeing all the steps that you need to take to get to some end goal. So there's a lot of research that says just visualizing the end goal doesn't work. But right. the research shows if you visualize the steps or simulate in your head the steps that will be needed to get there, then you'll have a better chance at doing it. And we quote uh, in the book Jack Nicklaus, actually, who says, you know, I, I, every, before every shot in golf, uh, I go to the movies inside my head. That's his exactly. term. Yep. And he sees every, the swing, every, like the ball sailing up, hitting the green, and then going into the cup. And with even if we're doing programming or starting a business or developing a project at work, if we can see all the steps that we're going to have to go through, including the problems, including the problems we're going to run into and how we're going to successfully overcome them. There's some interesting research we quote in the book that says you will be more likely to be prepared when those problems come up and to see it all the way through to your final goal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that's in, you know, in, in golfing the, the whole theater of the mind from the psycho cybernetics became a big, big thing. So it probably, probably originated from the, these, these ideas, which, yeah. which is, it's really interesting how like some, these paths converge, like these same kind of, there's like these universal truths, principles that, that hold true about, uh, about how to, how to, how to be more, more effective and how to gain control of your, Gaining, gaining control of yourself, getting self-discipline. And so I'm really, yeah. uh, really interested. Yeah, my, my publisher said, you know, there's only one self-help book and it's just being rewritten all the time. Yeah. Um, but but what, what I loved about this concept of mind hacking was taking those ideas that, as you said, are, are very ancient, going back to the Stoics, but using it in a modern context because we all understand this idea of computer environment and programming environment and the sense that there's this space in my screen that I can kind of manipulate. It's not physical reality and yet it has a reality. And the same thing is true of our minds, I think, where it's not our physical reality, but it definitely is real in the sense that it controls how physical reality uh, operates and how we interact with it. So using that metaphor of computers with the minds was the book that I've always wanted to read. So they say, yeah. The book you should write is the book you've always wanted to read. And so that's yeah. the book. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So so what would you say? Like I always run into people that are they're like, oh, I'm just a negative person or I'm just shy or you know, they label themselves and and I you know, I try to say, no, you don't have to be that. You can choose to be whoever you want to be. I think a lot of people think that their mind is is that they just who are who they are and they can't change that. Yeah. Uh, what would you say about that? Yeah, there's a weird kind of self-fulfilling prophecy element to this. So an example is I, I used to be very shy and awkward around people and I would feel uh, almost anxious when I talk with people. I would 
be in a conversation with you, John, and I would be thinking about like, am I standing up straight? And is there a piece of spinach in my teeth? Right. And so forth. And then uh, I realized like, I got to reprogram that. And so yep. the new thought loop was I'm good with people. It's that simple. I'm good with okay. people. Yeah. And repeating that to myself over and over. And then as you just said, with the traffic example, when I'm talking with somebody, when that old sort of pattern of like, you know, feeling awkward would arise, I was now conscious of it to say, I'm good with people. And over time, guess what? I'm actually kind of good with people. Now. Right, exactly, yeah. So, so there's this self-fulfilling prophecy. You tell yourself you're a negative person, well then by definition you are. But as we talked about with this idea of neuroplasticity, you can reprogram your mind. You can become a different type of person and all it really requires to start is just a desire to do that, the will to do it. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I had a similar experience with, with being shy and, and um, I, I call it kind of faking it till you make it, like this idea that like you step into the shoes that you want to fill and then you suddenly become that, like your brain doesn't doesn't know that, like you become the thing. You can't, because you can't change your beliefs, right? A lot of people are, well, I can't just, just believe a thing, but and and uh, I've, I've always been a big believer in positive affirmations because over time, if you keep telling yourself the thing, you, you will change your belief. You just can't instantly believe a thing. It just takes time to constantly. And we always tell ourselves, I think a lot of people tell themselves a negative thing over and over and over again. That's yeah. why they're, they're stuck in that rut, like, like you said. So, Yeah, we call them thought loops or code loops. But yeah, it's the same principle of what is it that you want? What do you want to be? Who do you want to be? And the fun of it is that you can be anybody you want to be. Like you can make that up. And in a sense, this idea of fake it till you make it, I love that. It's like um, it's like you're an actor playing a part in right. a way. So when you go into a meeting, if you want to be more confident, you just say, well, how would a confident person behave? And you almost pretend that you're that person until one day you wake up and, and you find that you really are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and that's it, it's funny. Some At some point in my life, maybe like, when I was 18 or 19, I kind of discovered that. And I, I, totally, I literally did what you said. I, I totally changed who I was. And I, I, I came up with this mental image and thought, who do I want to actually be? Yeah. And, uh, and, and then I just started acting as if I were that person. And then pretty soon I was that person. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was some, so just a, something I had stumbled on, but was, I found so amazing I mean, I, I've been, as I do coaching and stuff, I, I try to help people to discover that same thing because I think a lot of people limit themselves, right? They don't realize what's possible. Yeah, we all do. We all limit ourselves in some way, but I'm curious. That's a great story. What what was it? What was the catalyst for that change in you? Was it becoming an adult at that age and just thinking, who do I want to be? Or was there something that made you say, I got to decide what I want to be? You know, I don't know exactly what the exact thing was. I th I think I think maybe sitting in high school one day, I just um, I I was kind of like a, a nerdy kid, very shy, unathletic, not didn't do any sports or anything. And I thought, why? Like, why? Like, is there? Why would some people be able to, you know, go and do sports and 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 uh, you know and, and not be shy and be outgoing and why not me? And I thought there's really yeah, I just kind of went through the process and thought there's really nothing like physically or there, like there's just there's no reason why I couldn't, right? And so I just said, well, okay, I'm just going to sign up for wrestling and, and track and field and I'm just going to start playing the part. And then 
I just just did it. So um, yeah, I, I don't I can't can't pinpoint it to one exact like you know thing that made me realize that this was po I didn't even realize that was possible at the time. I just decided to to do it. To just and uh, and it's, uh, amazingly it worked. So. Yeah, yeah, you're really lucky that you had that insight. Um, we tell a story in the book about the late Steve Jobs, and you know his coworkers describe him as having a reality distortion field. Yeah, and there's this story about these developers went in for the original Macintosh, and he wanted it delivered in ten weeks. And just before they went in, these two developers were talking to each other. There was a new guy, and he said, "Listen." Uh, this, this other veteran developer said he's going to want it in 10 weeks and you're going to think it's not possible and you're going to come out of the meeting convinced it is possible because he has a reality distortion field. <laughs> he said, no way. So he goes in yeah. and thinking there's no way it's going to be done. No way I'm going to fall prey to this. And then he comes out totally convinced <laughs> that he can do it. And it was this personal belief that Jobs had that it was so strong that it actually had the is kind of gravitational force, this kind of pull to affect other people as well. And, uh, and I think we're all capable to some degree of creating our own reality distortion field, just like you did at the age of 18 and are continuing to do with, with your podcast and your books and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, there's so much, so much uh, potential, I think, and so many people that, that they, they never really unlock um, even even just you know leaving the traditional workforce when I like just you know I've been encouraging a lot of people to become entrepreneurs if they so desire like there's no reason why you have to just get up and go to work every day and do you know and work for someone else you could you literally anyone could build a business and become independent and do their own thing uh, but so many people are like stuck in that mindset of just thinking you know the way that people told them or you know or that's a that's another good question maybe is um so what about do, um, I'm just curious on your thoughts about being programmed by other people, right? Because I think a lot of hmm. what we come up with, like about our, like, you know, uh, I've, I've read, you know, different things I've said, oh, well, a lot of kids, when you say, oh, you know, Johnny's just shy, then they develop the self-image of being shy because you've told them that they are and that's why, or yeah. you're a klutz or whatever it is. Uh, what, what do you think about that concept of other people programming you yeah, we're all programmed to some degree by our environment, by our parents, by our families, by our schools, by the government. And I think to some degree it's unavoidable. And part of what it means to become an adult is to take responsibility for reprogramming ourselves and to say, okay, I don't have to live with these limitations that I've had. I think that's, that's part of the human experience. That's part of what's great about life in general. I think it's a great question because we all do have this unlimited possibility to kind of go and be and do whatever we want to be. I love your uh, comment about entrepreneurs because, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, started this, this company, Media Shower, and it's been the most fantastic journey to quit my day job, yeah. to go start my own company, to build it and grow. And you do realize as an entrepreneur that you that there are no limits. Exactly. <laughs> when you're working for somebody else, there's always this sense of like, this is how much I can earn. This is like how much I can grow in this career. This is like the ceiling for this position. And maybe every year, if I'm lucky, they'll raise it by like 2%. Right. But when you're an entrepreneur, you realize like, there's no limits to what we can do. We can like build this thing out to be a billion dollar company. 
and I can earn as much as I want to earn. I can get as many customers as I want to. Of course, comes with all this additional work and responsibility and like having to conquer your fears and all that. But you do rapidly, I think, it's like training ground, strength training for getting rid of those limitations, being an entrepreneur. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's funny as I'm, you know, I'm traveling through Europe for for three months. We're like, oh, lucky you. And I think, well, it's. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm blessed. I'm happy that I'm, you know, I'm thankful. But uh, <laughs> but there's no. It could it could be you. Like there's no reason. Like I mean, you know, we we can we can all do this. Like it's 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 possible. It's not it's not like I went and won the lottery and then whoa, look at lucky me. It's like you know, this is possible for everyone. Everyone has this ability. Like there's so much opportunity. It's it's not a it's not a zero sum game. So I'm curious. I was just reading an article in the New York Times this morning. Uh, the title is "A Fearless Culture Fuels U.S. Tech Giants." Um, I still have it up on my screen here. "A Fearless Culture Fuels U.S. Tech Giants," and it was talking about the culture of Silicon Valley and of U.S. entrepreneurs and comparing them with European counterparts and saying, you know, think of like uh, Microsoft and Apple and Google, all enormous companies that have been started in the last, you know, half a century in the US and Europe has not produced anything like that in part because of the culture, but it comes back to your question about programming and I'm wondering how much of that cultural entrepreneurial programming you're seeing in Europe as you travel around, like what they consider possible and, and what's not possible. Ah, that's interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I've only been been here, you know, I went to Paris and then I, I'm, I'm in Berlin now for a little, about two weeks. So I haven't seen that much, but I did have a meetup last night with, with some Berliners. And of the group, I think there were two freelancers of, of like, uh, of seven. So, um, but that's in, in, in Germany. I think in Germany, it's a little bit more advanced. I, I did talk to a guy from Italy and he, like I, I teach developers how to market themselves. And he was like, mm -hmm. oh, in Italy, does, no one cares. You make a blog, doesn't matter. It's not gonna affect your career at all. But he's like, in Germany, it made a big difference. He moved to Germany because he was able to double his, his income from, from marketing mm -hmm. himself, which, which I consider to be an entrepreneur, like the entrepreneurial step for a, for an employee is to, to learn how to build a personal brand and market themselves, whether they become a true entrepreneur or not. So I think there is, I, I think that it's still, I mean, I, the U.S. has more of, it, it's kind of gone crazy in the U.S. now too, right? Because we, we have so many kids that are like, oh, I'm just going to create a startup and get some VC funding. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, to me, that's not really entrepreneurship. That's like, you know, trying to borrow someone's money to take a shortcut in life. Like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're not really taking a risk. You're not really doing the thing and building a thing yourself. Um, so uh, I tend to be more of a bootstrap. Uh, you know, there, there's a good, a good group of bootstrappers, I think. But, but, but I, I found, um, uh, you know, one, um, one group, uh, MicroConf, uh, there's a MicroConf Europe that they're, they're doing, uh, which another good podcast perhaps that you'd be interested in is startups for the rest of us. Um, hmm. I can make an introduction for you, but, um, but they have a micro comp Europe and it's all bootstrapped entrepreneurs. And so I think they've got a pretty big turnout. So I think it's, I think that the tides are, are turning. I think in general, you know, the U S is sort of leading the entrepreneurial type of shift, 
but I, but I, I am seeing more and more, I'm seeing more and more sales for my type of stuff from, from Europe. Uh, you know, so, so I think that, I think we'll, we'll see more and more of that be embraced. Yeah. That's, uh, that's exciting to hear about that. Um, and my intent was not to say U.S. is number one, <laughs> but really to ask, like, well, how do we take, if that is part of the, the cultural programming, is that it is dangerous to take entrepreneurial risks, how do we change that? And how do we help folks all over the world kind of get that sense of fearlessness and that sense of, you know, I, I can do this? Well, I think also, you know, one thing that I noticed too is in the U.S., like if I want to just become an entrepreneur and start a company, I don't even have to file any paperwork, right? I could literally just yeah. create a website and just start collecting money. And I mean, maybe I could file an LLC, or, but I don't even really have to, right? It's not like, you know, but um, but I, when I was talking to someone in, in Berlin, uh, they were saying, oh, well, there's a lot of paperwork you have to file if you want to become an entrepreneur. Yeah. And and I, I talked to someone in Sweden and, and it was similar. So I, I, I do think that there's probably a little bit more of a barrier um, there. Uh, in, 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 in Europe right now. But, uh, you know, again, I'm not a really expert on that, so I, I wouldn't know for sure, but, but, um, but yeah, I think there's probably more, more so more difficult. So. Yeah. The infrastructure is really great. We're very fortunate. And, um, you know, I just wrote a post on our company blog at mediashower.com about, uh, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary as a company. And, uh, you know, looking back at the early days, how difficult it was to create a website. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I use the example of trying to uh, chmod a file on the web server, like was a, an endeavor that took half a day. Right. And now like those things you don't even need to worry about because it's all like the tools are so good. The infrastructure is so good. Yeah. And so in one sense, when you don't have that infrastructure, when you don't have those tools, it's very, very frustrating. It is incredibly frustrating. But in another sense, it's a sign that you're on the right track because you really are kind of leading edge. And if you can find solutions for those problems that are frustrating you, then you are paving the way for all these others who are going to need that same solution down the road. So those points are all like signals of entrepreneurial opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the field has changed so much too now, right? Because like it, like you said, like with the web, I could just, I mean, literally in a day, I could use a, a, a server on DigitalOcean to start spin up a Linux server. I could drop a WordPress yeah. install on there and have a WordPress website up, and then I can integrate with Stripe and accept payments and use like you know. Gumroad or DPD or some kind of digital delivery to deliver an ebook and sell it. Like I could have an entire business created and you know from we're from no website at all to I'm selling a thing online and taking money for it in a day. It's just amazing that we're yeah. at this point. So yeah, and then you can use Amazon to just scale it infinitely. And yeah. uh, that's that's what's so amazing about this point in history is it is so easy to put these pieces together and create you know, a world-class product and platform in, in very little time. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So yeah. So for everyone listening, if, if you're wondering, we're getting off topic. Well, I, th I actually think it's, it's pretty on topic. Just this idea that 
the, the, so much is possible. <laughs> you know, the, the idea that, like, you know, where are you limiting yourself, right? There, there, there's so much that, that, that we can do. So uh, I'm really excited, uh, actually, to, to get a copy of your book. I'm glad you're, you're really going out there and marketing it early. That's uh, obviously, you know, you know the, the lead time on, on marketing something like this. So that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So the the uh, hardcover book comes out in January at bookstores everywhere. Um, you can get a free uh, pre-release copy of the book. Read the entire thing for free at mindhacky.ng. Okay. Uh, that's like mindhacking with a .ng, no .com. And um, again, we're doing that because we want to get this message spread to as many people as possible, and especially developers. So I'm really passionate about talking to the programming and developing community. Because I think the next generation of tools are going to be uh, mind-related tools or tools that we can use to actually become more productive, become more happy, fulfilled, to keep track of our thoughts <laughs> and our yeah. habits and use that to, to reprogram our minds and reprogram our lives. So um, we have an app currently at mindhacky.ng where you can go through this 21-day program we've developed, Learn Mind Hacking track your progress, uh, share your progress with others, give shout outs to other members of the community and so forth. But I would love to collaborate with other developers and programmers who are passionate about this to develop even new and, and, uh, and better tools for managing our minds and our lives. Okay, awesome, awesome. So yeah, so if you're, if you're listening, you're watching, definitely go to mindhackeng, <laughs> hack, hack, hacking with the dot in the, before the ng, right? <laughs> We we need to come up with some better way of like all these crazy new top level domains. We got to come up with a better way of <laughs> yeah. being able to pronounce these. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a it's an it's an interesting problem. I'm sure someone can can figure it out though. It's uh you know it's it's mind hacking and then uh, uh, substring uh, minus two. <laughs> that's right. Throw the dot yeah. in there. There we go. Um, yeah, you could do a whole text parsing line of code. That would be really easy for people to understand. That's that's true. Yeah. yeah. What's what's the what's the regex to throw the dot in the? <laughs> yeah. Somehow a gre a grep should be involved too. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, um, uh, and uh, so so um, I'll I'll definitely check out the book and, and hopefully you'll get uh, get some uh, some listeners some viewers to to check it out. And uh, and buy the copy and and leave a review when they uh, when it goes goes live because that's important. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. You can also uh, yeah you can pre-order the book right now at Amazon.com. The hardcover version is beautiful and it's really going to have a, a a couple of cool new bonus features like uh, this 21 day program I mentioned. We have a whole uh, workbook at the end that lets you work through that and really learn these skills and techniques of programming on your own mind. So that's available at uh, at Amazon. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks, John. I uh, appreciate you taking the time. And uh, yeah, um, it's, it's been great. Great to, great to connect with someone who, who uh, shares a very similar philosophy in, in life and, and is a fellow programmer, internet marketer. So, <laughs> John, good luck on your travels. All right. I hope they're great. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for having me. Bye.